Welcome to episode 88 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 88 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. And Jen, Merry Christmas Eve. Oh, Merry Christmas Eve to you. What are you doing this Christmas Eve? family stuff probably like most people you know just 
We're going to eat some good food and hang out with family. And, of course, you know, the big day is tomorrow when we have the presents. Some We, we have in the past, we'll open like one present Christmas Eve. Do you all do that? That was always our, our thing is the night before. I love Christmas Eve. It's like almost better than Christmas. The anticipation. Yeah. We would open one present. And we, would, we'd have to like pick the perfect present because we wanted to make it – we wanted one of them to be something we could do that night typically right you know so like a game or and then we would play with the present oh my goodness christmas eve is like the best thing in the whole world it really really is and it's just the the magical time of the year i know it's not really christmas eve so (laughs) yeah (laughs) when this airs it will be exactly we record ahead of time but it's it's really close i'm almost done with all of my christmas stuff by the way which when you're listening to this on christmas eve i will be done but I've got all my presents bought. I'm just waiting for a few to arrive. Are you all done? I get really on top of it now, especially with internet shopping. That makes it really – Oh, yeah. I order all the things. Now I just have to figure out about shipping. Are you not going to see your family? I can't this year. But uh, my goal my goal is for next year. Like that's my goal for the year. <laughs> yeah. So last Christmas when this is the situation, we like Skyped and I like opened the presents and stuff. Oh, that's good. So is your sister there? She's here in, in L.A., but she's able to go home, so. Okay. This is going to be my life next year when, when my son is in San Francisco, having to figure it out. And, you know, he's got a girlfriend, and um, she's going to go out to San Francisco with him. So they're going to have to, like, alternate families. I'm like, ah! you know. <laughs> it makes the song I'll Be Home for Christmas mean so much more. Well, that's true. Yeah. So this is this might be the last Christmas when it's just the the four of us here. You know, me and my husband and my two boys. This might be the last time cuz you know, oh now I'm like getting all sappy. I know. I've really missed like especially when we sold our house cuz like Christmas at my house was like the thing and the decoration was always amazing. We had this amazing tree. Because we had a really high ceilings and we had this tree that was one of those, like, our tree was famous. Really And I always trees. had my Christmas party, wow. like, the Christmas party. And everybody came from my, our honors English class, actually. And um, the tree was famous. And I had the terrain around it. We had a snow village and we had, like, oh, the decorations. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I also have something very funny to share. It's not funny, but it, you'll think it's funny. Well, you know how I am not an exerciser? Yes. Well, I have now joined the Y, and I'm going to exercise five days a week. <laughs> I saw your post about, did you do like Pilates or oh, something? I am like crazy about Pilates. I love it. Yeah. See, I, you know, y'all know I retired in May, and so I was active as a teacher. I would go in. I had bus duty every morning. I was walking all around. I was on my feet. I was up and down the halls. I also got to see people every day. So now I'm retired and I'm at home. And of course, you know, yes, I'm talking to you on the podcast and on the other podcast and I'm on Facebook, but like the only actual humans I'm seeing day to day are like my husband and my son that's home. So I was like, I got to get out of the house. (laughs) So I had somebody on my podcast, the other one that her episode will be coming out, I think in early January. And she was telling me about Pure Bar. Do you know anything about Pure Bar? I've heard the name. 
well, it, it is not my jam. I went, I told her I would go try it. <laughs> See, I was a dancer. My mom was a dance teacher. So I was like, that sounds like something I would like. No, no, it is not something I would like. I Wait, what is it exactly? It's, well, it's dancing, you know, it's, exercise dancing. Kind of. That's, that's the premise. You're at a bar and it's, Wait, is it the pole dancing one? No, no, it is not pole dancing. Okay. <laughs> I know they have that. No, 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 no. This is bar like ballet bar. So I thought it would remind me of my ballet past. It did not. And the girls there were fabulous at it. I was not fabulous at it. I went one time and um, I was like, I don't know that this is quite for me because it just, it was really the opposite of a lot of the ballet moves instead of like being the same. Like the instructor was like, I see you're turning out like ballet. You need to turn in. We do it differently. So it just, it felt awkward to my body. So I was like, well, all right, maybe it's time to try the Y. Cause I was like, I think I do want to go out and do something. So we, my husband and I joined the Y and, um, They've got all these awesome classes. See, now that I'm not teaching, I have time. I can go at like 9.45 in the morning to Pilates, and I'm loving it. Wait, at what time did you say? 9.45. Okay. For a second, I thought you said 5.45. I was like, no. Well, yeah, I am actually looking at a sunrise yoga that's 6.15, and I might go to that. We'll try. I, I did one yoga class, and I didn't like it because it was a lot of upside down, and it made me have like... I don't know. It felt like I had motion sickness, like I'd been in a car. It was upside down. Was it a beginner class? No. No. Oh. It was not. A lot of downward dog. And apparently downward dog makes me get dizzy and queasy. So I didn't like that. Pilates is fabulous. I'm also enjoying Tai Chi. Tai Chi? I know. They have a Tai Chi class at 7.15. And I loved it. And then I read some articles. They've actually researched it. Um, it gets your heart rate up. And it's like fabulous for you. Even though it feels like you're not doing anything, it's great. It's all about balance and motion. And I know it's really good for the mind-body connection. Yes, yes. Like there was a study that compared it to Zumba, and it actually had the same health biomarker impacts that like a, a cardio kind of thing did. So I'm like now an exercise person. <laughs> so I've got my my treadmill infrared sauna gymnast. Yeah. You've got your, all the classes. (laughs) Thursday, there was one class. I've tried two different things on Thursday. And one was this class. I think people said it reminds them of Zumba, but it was called work W E R Q. And it's like dancing, but I think it's like hip hop kind of dancing. And I went to that yesterday and Oh Lord have mercy. It was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you probably also don't go from zero cardio to that in like one day. Probably not. Probably not. Now I was able to keep up. I was in the fasted state, of course, and I was able to keep up with the the exertion, but I was not able to keep up with the dance moves. Let me just put it that way. Well, I'm glad you're figuring out what you do like, which seems to be a lot of things. It is a lot of things. Yeah. So I'm going to try 615 in the morning yoga because I heard that one's more gentle. Or I might do water aerobics. I'm retired. I could do water aerobics if I want. It's awesome. (laughs) So Jen, who never worked out, is now like doing all the things. So people who want to see you in person who live in Augusta. Come to Pilates. I would love that. Come to It's at the Y. Everybody come to the Y. Well, we'll have a big... A big group. They'll have to move it to the big gym. Here's the the big mental shift, though, that I want to get out there. This is the first time in my adult life that I've ever done something like this just for the fun of it. 
Like, you know, every other time in my life when I tried to do an exercise plan, it was because I wanted to lose weight. And so it's kind of like I'm just doing it because it's fun and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I definitely go because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go very briefly, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's like become a ritual for me in a way, and it really makes me feel good. And what do you do while you're there? Very brief. I basic well, I would go longer if they were open later. Okay, but they close at nine p.m., which is not good for me. <laughs> um, I wish they were open till like midnight. Um, I basically just go and walk on the treadmill with like a few brief spurts. So sort of like H-I-I-T, but not right. really. Right. So I'll do like 30 minutes and then I lay in the sauna for 30 minutes with a um, a light therapy device they have there as well. Okay. I put that over my head because the sauna they have doesn't cover your head. Okay. So, yeah. But um, it's like a far infrared sauna. And how many days a week do you go? Probably around three or four. Yeah. Well, I'm really enjoying getting out of the house and having somewhere to go, and everybody's so nice. They're like, you're back. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they know me now really well at mine, but my gym, it's like a tiny boutique. Right. It's like a room. Okay. Yeah. And I, they close at nine, and I always get there. I always leave exactly at nine. That's so funny. <laughs> you know that at like nine o'clock, I'm like in my pajamas and getting into bed, right? <laughs> I just fall asleep, and then my eyes pop open like at 5.15 in the morning. My I never adjusted to the time change. Like when we set the clocks back, I'm just waking up so early. Oh, really? Yes. It's so weird. I wish I wouldn't adjust because then I would be getting up earlier, but I adjust real quick. I did not adjust this time. Well, I get, Now I'm not working outside the home, so my body is just like, all right, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fine. So I get on up, do my thing. So that's why I might go to 615 yoga. We'll see. If I was there, I would not go. You might would still be awake. No, six, six, like the sixes, that's a pretty reliable time for me to be asleep. Yeah. Like the fives, the sixes. You're not awake in the fives and the sixes. I'm not. See, I always am awake in the sixes. It's just funny how that is how your body feels better, right? And it naturally is what you do. And this is naturally what I do. So. And my, my acupuncturist. He's trying to convince me that, you know, by Chinese medicine standards that I should be eating earlier, that it's not in line with my natural, you know, like the right. natural human body and the, the organs. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's true. So by Chinese medicine standards, is every single person right. supposed to be a morning person and supposed to eat earlier? Because, you know, they say that the liver does its whatever at like 3 a.m. So it shouldn't have had food, you know, for a certain amount of time prior. But I don't know. I just don't know if that's true. I I I don't know. I don't think that every single human being and every single body has the same circadian rhythm. I 100% agree with that. And just the fact that you and I naturally have drifted to the patterns we have, I think has a lot to you know, it shows that. Yeah. I don't wake up But early it really got me I thinking. Think I should. I just my eyes pop open and I I can't go back to sleep. But I can't, I can't recommend acupuncture enough, by the way. Have you done acupuncture? I've never done that. I, I've, I've done some reading about acupressure. Well, now that you have so much time and stuff, you should try it. It's amazing. I mean, if you have any issue, it's All amazing. Right. Well, if I get an issue, I will go have it have it worked on. Like anything. Okay. Anything that's even slightly an issue. But I do. I have two books on acupressure, which is a similar thing. It shows you the pressure points and where, like if you're having a problem where you should, you know. But something about those needles. 
That does sound cool. I would do it. I would totally do that. Acupuncturist in Augusta? Oh, there are. There are. Yes. I would not be so certain. I'm certain. But it's just amazing because it's like one of the oldest practiced medicinal practices. It's been around so long, and if it wasn't effective, that's what they say in a lot of the studies. Okay, so I just looked it up, and we do have acupuncture in Augusta. I Googled it, and I found like a bunch – well, that might be – yep, we got it. You were right. It might be on your insurance too, and it'd be free. Very cool. Or it could be free with like a copay. Yeah. Which is not free, but (laughs) reduced rate. If I have something that needs attention, I will look into that. Or if you just want to feel even more spectacular. I can only do one thing at a time. All right. Are we ready to get into the questions for today? Yes. Let's get started. All right. So the first question comes from Summer. And the subject is mental relapse after two months of IF. And Summer says, hi, ladies. Love the podcast and all the Q&As y'all are addressing. It has helped immensely to hear other people's personal experiences with IF. My question is about relapsing after the first few months of IF. Does this happen to some people who are newish to IF, or is it a problem of my own making? Let me explain. I've been doing IF for about four months now. I had initially lost about five pounds and was starting to see some abs with a few ab workouts. I was feeling great and loving the results, but then out of nowhere, I gained it all back. Granted, it was probably water weight, but I felt bloated and gross for over a week, and I couldn't stop eating. Also for over a week. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, my resolve to fast just dried up and I was thinking about food constantly. Absolutely just couldn't say no. Then yesterday, something just clicked. Fasted until 3 p.m. with little issue, ate a light meal, then another around 7 p.m., and have been in a happy fasted state ever since. Right now, I feel like I could fast forever. Weighed myself this morning, and I've lost most of that water weight. Is this normal? To have weird periods of what I call relapse? I can't tell if it was a mental thing or if my body was doing the sabotage with craving signals. For Mother's Day slash week, (laughs) I made my mom an angel food cake Swiss roll and had a few slices over a few days. This is abnormal for me and my family, so the splurge felt good. I've done plenty of research into the gut microbiome and understand very well how this could have affected my willingness to fast. I've also dealt with the sugar withdrawals before and this relapse didn't feel like that. I'm wondering if my prolonged inability to stick to my fasting window might be caused by something else. Does the body just ever kick back sometimes? Like until it knows this is the new way of things and forgets about the old ways, does the body sometimes fight the change? Possibly for a couple of days at a time? I'm 25, 5'8", and 150 pounds, and my eating schedule is 19, 5. I desperately need help with this, not only because I started gaining weight again, but because when I eat as much as I was eating this past week, I feel absolutely horrible and my energy levels plummet. All right, so relapse. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jen? There's a lot inside here to unpack. So I'm, I'm going to go through a few different points. First of all, um, Summer, I actually calculated your BMI based on your height of 5'8 and your weight of 150. And that puts you at a BMI of 22.8. So, I mean, I know BMI is not perfect. But the normal range for BMI is 18.5 to 24.9. So you're right smack dab in the middle of that with your 22.8. So you are in a healthy weight range. And I do think that those of us in a healthy weight range have different experiences here and there with intermittent fasting than someone who has a great deal of fat on their body to lose. Now, 
I do understand because I, I compared your BMI to the last time I weighed myself, my BMI was 21.6. And I absolutely do still have pockets of fat on my body. So I'm not saying that you should not think that you could lose more fat because I think that you can. And I know that you would like to. So that's not where I'm going with this. But I am saying that to tell you that you are in a normal BMI range. So your body isn't seeing that you have these huge excess amounts of fat laying around. So you should expect fat loss to be very, very slow for you. Also, you talked about how um, you work out, you're doing ab workouts and things like that. So when you are doing intermittent fasting and you're working out and you're very close to your your ideal weight and your body may think you are at your ideal weight, you know, sometimes our bodies want to be a little higher than we, we prefer to be, um, you're the kind of person that really needs to find other ways to track your progress. For example, I would take progress photos and, um, you know, take them in the same clothes at the same angles, you know, periodically, see how you're progressing there. The scale is not going to tell the true picture for you necessarily. You may never lose, you know, the pounds that you want to lose. You may actually find that you're developing muscle and then, um, losing fat at the same time. So keep keep an eye on how your clothing sizes are changing. You can take measurements with the tape measure, but also those photos can be very, very helpful. So you can really see what's happening and how things are changing. Now, you talked about at the very beginning, your question is about relapsing after the first few months of IF. You know, I went through that personally just because my old diet mentality kept rearing its ugly head. This is, you know, a while ago, years ago, before I really cemented the intermittent fasting lifestyle. But yeah, I would go off and on and off and on. And um, I I struggled with that for a while. So yes, some people do go through that, especially if you've dieted before. Another thing that I wonder about, you had been doing well, and then you felt puffy all of a sudden, and then couldn't stop eating. And, you know, forgive me if I that if I'm thinking this, but it just sounds like maybe was that PMS? Was it your time of the month? Was it hormonal? That was my first you know, may- thought. Yeah. You know, and I hate for us women to always have that as our throwback, you know, like, oh, it must be hormonal. It must be your, your period. But seriously, you know, we get puffy. We get bloated. We have the drive to eat. And so that's our natural body telling us hey, you need to eat eat some food, stock up. So I don't know if that was when that was going on for you, but it, it might have been. So you thought so too, possibly, Melanie? Yeah, that was my first thought. I just thought that she might have mentioned that though, or not that she would figure that out, but I thought that she might make that connection if that was the case. But I mean, it could be the case. Yeah. I wasn't really in tune necessarily with that until I really started tracking my weight long term and realized I did have a very you know, a pattern that I could count on every month when I was tracking my weight. And also the whole puffiness thing. You know, we've talked before about the whoosh effect and how our bodies retain water. And then, you know, you you eat more food and then sometimes that causes the whoosh on the scale. So that that could also be a factor, even if it was not related to PMS or time of the month. Um, One other thing I want to say I don't know how much you have been typically eating for the four months that you've been doing IF. And so there's another thing with our hormones and our satiety hormones and our hunger hormones. If you over-restrict for too long, your body will fight back. And it will say, eat more food, eat more food, eat more food. 
And that is one more possibility of what could have happened here. Perhaps during the four months that you were doing intermittent fasting prior to that, you were over-restricting, maybe not even on purpose, but maybe just because you were used to eating you know, smaller meals because that's the way you ate before intermittent fasting, and your body was fighting back and asking for more food. And then you listened, and then your body was like, okay, thank you. We're not starving. And then everything went back to normal because sometimes our bodies need to know that we're not starving. So that's a bunch of possibilities that that could be going on right now, but I'm glad you're feeling back to normal. But whenever you have hunger that is abnormal and new, you know, really ask yourself, could it be hormonal or have I been over-restricting and maybe I do need some refeeding? You know, my body is telling me danger, danger, not enough food. Just keep that in mind. You should not have an increased urge to binge with intermittent fasting. And if you do, I think that's a sign that you possibly could be over-restricting. All right, Melanie, what do you think? I would like to know a few things. I would like to know what she's eating in general. Like we know that she had her her moments where she had like the uh, the angel food cake for her mother's week <laughs> and that um, that she's familiar with sugar withdrawals and things like that. So I am assuming she's eating in general a less processed type diet or less of the the sweets and things like that. I'd also like to know, Summer, if you have any other issues popping up besides the hunger. Like, is it just hunger and cravings or is it other things as well? Like, you know, fatigue or mood issues or skin issues, because that could indicate something. Because I know for me personally, it's interesting. I've done intermittent fasting for so long and I never had really any problems with hunger, really, like <laughs> barely at all, until I got um, actually heavy metal poisoning and like I think a resulting candida and some co-infections that flared up. And when all of that became a factor, I started getting cravings. Like, and it was very weird. Like, because up until that point, intermittent fasting was super, super easy for years and years and years. And then it wasn't anymore. And that was very strange to me. And so what that tells me, and this is just looking at um, my case history, but it tells me that a lot of things are involved with our hunger and satiety. So it could really be everything Jen talked about with um, the body just, you know, resisting and wanting to be at a certain weight, or it could be some other condition going on that's making you hungry as well or contributing. So I think it's important to get a, a broader picture of everything. I've also found that if sometimes if you're lacking like some certain nutrient, you might not even realize what it is, but your body might make you hungry in an attempt to get that one thing. And I noticed that with me, especially because in general, I follow a more quote simple diet. Um, I find I find some people are like more like mono diet type eaters or eat more simply and then other people like a lot of variety. Um, but I tend to stick to a more simple diet, but every now and then I'll really my hunger will go up and I'll really crave like a certain food and we'll have to like eat, eat, eat until I think I feel some nutrient, like some nutrient that I was missing. So, I mean, it could be related to that. Something else I wanted to point out was I always want to encourage listeners that you don't have to do intermittent fasting all the time. Like you don't have to do it every single day. And if you want to not do intermittent fasting, that's okay. Like I just, I always say that and I just want to make that really, really clear. But then I also want to point out it's a slightly different case or it adds more perspective because 
for summer for summer when she goes off of her intermittent fasting plan. I don't it doesn't seem like she's um Yeah, she said she felt horrible and her energy levels plummeted. So, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's why I wanted to point I yeah, I, I I underlined I feel absolutely horrible and my energy levels plummeted. So that's not what I want to encourage. Like, oh, Stop intermittent fasting and feel terrible. Like, you know, I just wanted to clarify that. And I thought this was a good example of um, the difference between stopping intermittent fasting and eating more intuitively and feeling good, which is totally possible, versus stopping for some other reason that that there's a reason behind it, like a nutrient lacking or needing to be a certain weight. And then the result is that you go off of it and you don't feel good. So I, I don't want that to be a pattern for anybody because that's not a very fun pattern to be in. I know that doesn't add much help, really. No, I but think I, it I does just... because the underlying message is you need to feel good. Do something that feels good. And, you know, that's what both of us, I think, try to drive home with everyone. Our message is find the plan, the program, the strategy, the whatever, the window that feels good. You shouldn't yeah. have to force it or feel bad. And so, like, maybe for summer, maybe the answer would be, Maybe she does want to take days where she doesn't do intermittent fasting, but she wants to be super aware and conscious of her food choices to find a way that she can eat on those days that doesn't make her feel bad. Right. You know, so that's 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 a journey and that's an experiment, um, but that could be a goal to look forward to. Or it might just be a matter of like lengthening your window or having more food in your window. So there are a lot of options to try. I just, I just want to encourage you, Summer, to not be, you know – scared about any of it or feel like you're always going to fall off the wagon because that's a really scary place to be. And I just want to encourage you that to know that you can do intermittent fasting and you can definitely figure out what your body needs. And I'm sure you'll find a pattern that works for you. And just to recap what I just, just said, that might be eating more in your window. It might be lengthening your window. It might be taking a break from intermittent fasting, but on those days being really aware and maybe Maybe making a um, something you could do like very practical is maybe you could tell yourself on the days that you're hungry and you're going to not do intermittent fasting, maybe your quote rule, and I don't like rules, but maybe your rule would be that um, you would only eat, you know, like whole foods and like nourishing foods that are probably not going to encourage further cravings. Um, That might be something that you could try. So definitely keep us updated and let us know if you find the plan that works for you. Although this question was a while ago, Jen. Yeah. So yeah. let us know if you figured it out. We would love a follow-up. Yeah. This was, um, this was from the early days. Yeah. <laughs> like actually right after we launched. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that one's been in the, in the lineup for a while. Yeah. All right. So th- that's a good, so, so listeners, if your question hasn't been answered and it's a year and a half later, we might still answer it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. And I know this is one Melanie is very excited about and has done a great deal of research about. So this is from Chris, and it's the subject is cold exposure. Chris says, hello, Jen and Melanie. Thank you for your podcast. I look forward every week. I really like that it is not just about weight loss, looking a certain way, but about the larger ranging why of health, like energy, intuition, clarity, and living the best lives we can. Thank you. Quick question about cold exposure and IF. 
and if you know of any research or studies about how these affect one another. I follow the work and courses of Wim Hof, if you are aware of him, and along with cold exposure therapy and breathing exercises, he has said many times he follows the one-meal-a-day lifestyle. I have my daily ice-cold shower when I'm in the fasted state and wondered how this, ice baths, or any other cold exposure relates to IF and how the process has affected one another in what is happening in your body. Any insight you have on this with information and your own experiences is appreciated. Thank you, Jen and Melanie. All right, Chris. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your question because I now have a new obsession with Wim Hof (laughs) thanks to your question. (laughs) Had you heard of Wim Hof before? I had, and that's the thing. I'd heard about him a lot, like just the name – And I'd seen, you know, it's like people like reference him type thing. But you hadn't gone down the rabbit hole. Right, exactly. And I was always like, oh, yeah, cold exposure, I'm down. Breathing, I'm down. But I never researched. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I started messaging Jen. I I was like, yeah, (laughs) I'm obsessed. I want to get him on the podcast now. I can't. I've listened to like every podcast. That he's been on. Almost. That he's been on. And I mean, if you ever want motivation and you want to just feel really good about your life, and full of potential. I mean, this guy, this guy, I'm obsessed. Awesome. <laughs> he sounds fabulous. He is. Quick summary of Wim Hof and his methods. He's known as the Iceman, and um, he's done crazy things like hiked Mount Everest in shorts, true story, and like goes on Kilimanjaro barefoot and does ice baths for hours and hours and, you know, has records. And I mean, he's just crazy. So he loves the cold. And that was something I really identified with because I love cold. (laughs) I'm like frozen Elsa. Like cold makes me feel good. It's always made me feel like fresh and alive. And I've always felt like clean and good when I'm cold. And apparently there's something to that. So his story is he realized growing up that He really liked the cold and that he would feel good from really intense cold exposure. And he realized that it affected his breathing. And um, he started doing these – just started doing lots of like cold exposure and he came up with this breathing technique and started kind of like a grassroots campaign of followers and he was convinced that it was creating a lot of health benefits in the body and – The crazy thing is when he first started, people thought he was really crazy, but they've since done studies on like clinical trials and the things that he was saying actually work. It's basically a combination of cold therapy, breathing techniques, and meditation. For the breathing, basically what you do is you you basically hyperventilate. So you breathe in. It's a very specific course, but you breathe into full capacity and then like let it out and like breathe into full capacity and let it out. And you do that for a certain amount of time. And I, I'll put a link to um, information about how to do it exactly. And what does that do for you? What is that? So he found that it hypersaturates the blood with oxygen to levels they didn't even realize were possible. And they've since found that what they thought was 100% oxygen saturation in the blood is not 100%. Oh, wow. So they thought a certain amount was 100%, but he's shown that it can go beyond that. And um, what it does is it actually alkalizes the blood. And he's found that that, that alkaline state, and this is, this is the crazy part. So instigating that alkaline state via the breathing technique, by then meditating a certain way and thinking about 
the immune system and whatever issue or health thing you want to focus on, that it actually changes the immune system yeah. and downregulates the, the inflammatory response. So in the studies, what they did was they found that if they, they would inject patients with endotoxin, which is the very, very toxic part of pathogenic bacteria, and it's registered by the body as a toxin. It's known as one of the most toxic things to humans. I mean, that's why people die of septic shock. So um, they put endotoxin in patients, and they found that those who practice this technique um, literally downregulated the inflammatory response to the immune system. So like the cytokine levels and things like that. So yeah, he's found that you can actually change your immune system and build resilience. Did you ever read The Biology of Belief? I did, Okay. Yes. So yeah, I believe this is, is definitely... It's yep. crazy, but it somehow it's interesting because it's not just the meditation part. It's also it has to do with the alkalizing of the blood part of it as well, and that's just the breathing. And then he also has the cold exposure. So that was a really long <laughs> intro about him. I really want to get him on the podcast. But um, it, as far as Chris's question, how does cold exposure? Because that was more about the breathing, but the cold exposure is also really fascinating, and it has a lot of similarities to intermittent fasting. So it's been shown, for example, to encourage thermogen thermogenesis and fat burning. So basically by getting cold, it makes your body upregulate heat production, which burns calories, burns fat, and it, it encourages a certain type of fat called brown fat. And that is actually a metabolically active fat. So it's a type of fat that you have that burns fat. <laughs> um, so white adipose tissue, which is the type of fat that actually most people have today, it's that's sort of just like a storage unit. It's kind of just there and you have to burn it. But brown fat is like fat that sits there and burns calories. And it's associated with a more healthy BMI. Um, it's just associated with health in general. And cold exposure is one thing that really causes that. And then also um, cold exposure has been shown to really regulate the, the nervous system. And work is like sort of like a it can really upregulate the nervous system, which is like your alert state. And so I think kind of like with intermittent fasting, how you really get into that alert on point <laughs> state that cold exposure can kind of do a similar thing. And I, I've actually, since reading about him, I've started taking cold shower blasts in the morning and it's wonderful. People swear by it too. Oh, I and, know um, they do. <laughs> they've done studies and they show that people who do the cold showers, I, I thought this was really interesting, the study that I read. So they found that the people who did cold showers got less sick, but it didn't affect the sick days that they took. But I don't think that's really telling because I think people just go to work when they're not feeling well still. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Like they found, they found that the people who were taking cold showers got sick less, but then it, it didn't affect their sick days at work. And so the conclusion somehow made the conclusion, oh, but it doesn't affect oh, yeah, that's know, crazy. sick days. Yeah. But I was like, that's not what they're lo- <laughs> That's not what we're testing here. We're not testing if you went to work while sick. We've all been at work really sick. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, it can be really boosting for the immune system. So. My eyes, this is just personal, but my eyes used to be very white, like all the time, which I know is like a reflection of, I mean, it's tied to the liver, tied to a lot of things. But then, like I mentioned with the heavy metals and things like that, I just felt like my eyes weren't quite as bright anymore. Like literally, they were not as white. I started doing the cold showers. Also, I've been doing heavy metal chelation, so it might have been that as well. But 
Um, since doing the cold showers, my eyes are getting super white again, which is like really exciting. And even my acupuncturist was like, your eyes are really, really, really white. And so I'm starting to feel like my old self. So I don't know if the, the cold shower has something to do with that. I know it sounds really anecdotal, but it was, it definitely lined up like perfectly. Um, but speaking of cold exposure, it does strengthen the immune system. So it increases our natural killer cells, which can help fight invaders and things like that. It also increases white blood cells, which people are probably familiar with. Those are involved in infection and tackling that. And the reason I'm mentioning all this is because he's wondering how it compares to intermittent fasting, which we know that intermittent fasting supports the immune system. Um, actually can help regulate blood sugar levels which the cold shower can um exposure to cold temperatures it has to do with levels increased adiponectin so they found let's see one study found for example that increased by 70 percent and that can help regulate um, blood glucose blood glucose so it sounds like it would be a great thing for people to add to their intermittent fasting lifestyle yeah i feel really validated because i never really researched it but We've talked about this on the podcast lots before about how I love the cold yeah. and I like like being cold and I just feel good. Um, and oh, did I tell you I did cryotherapy? You did not. No, I did. I tried it. How cold? Did, how cold was that? I was really cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go in this tank thing. You wear mittens and socks because when you're getting cold, your extremities aren't. They're the first that are going to get probably negatively affected right you can wear robe if you want but i was like why would i wear a robe when the point is to to be cold cold? yeah and you go and you stand in it for like two or three minutes and i did like the first level and it and it drops down i don't know what temperature it drops down to i mean it's a very 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 cold temperature wow but all the ladies were around like the the at the gym they were like motivating me yeah, cold exposure. I think it'd be a great thing to. I think it's a. If you if you like the way you feel with intermittent fasting, I think you would like the benefits you can get from cold therapy. And I think that um, like a cold shower is a good way to start. So just like after you're taking your shower in the morning, just blast yourself with super cold water. You know, like ten seconds at the beginning, then try to work up to thirty seconds, maybe a minute. Have you have you done it, Jen? No, I hate to be cold. Do I hate it, to do be cold. It, do I it, hate do to it be cold. Do it for the podcast. No, do really, what listeners. I should do is go get in my indoor pool because we don't have it heated right now and it's wintertime. That would be like super cold. Yeah, that'd be good. Like the polar plunge. I can't do it. It'd be good. I can't. I mean, Look, it's amazing. It like clears your head. And I you just hate feel to be cold. Good. And when uh, you get out of it, you feel warm. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, I'm. I am not saying I'm going to do that. So we'll see. I like to be warm and snuggly. <laughs> I like summer. I like going to the to the equator. <laughs> I like the tropics. I'm a warm weather girl. Yeah, it's really revolutionary. I will put links to all of this stuff in the show notes, especially Wim Hof's work. The breathing. You should try the breathing, Jen. I would do that. Yes, I would so do I'll, that. I'll send you a link. Okay. It's kind of crazy because you I like do to it breathe. and it makes you feel like, like better. Um, well, when you're doing it, you feel kind of like lightheaded, and I bet it feel it feels like am I doing something you know bad for me? But in the podcast that he talks about, he's like he's like just do it, and um, it's okay, you know, like embrace the way you feel. He's just so motivational. Oh, there's also a really good YouTube video where he walks people through it, so I'll put links to that in the show notes. But I really want to get him on the podcast. I have I would love it. 
I haven't contacted him yet. Oh, but he does do one meal a day, like that, like Chris mentioned. See, that's what I was going to say. That's the thing I love the most, that he does intermittent fasting and one meal a day. I don't know. I, I haven't, of course, talked to him, but he reminds me of Ori Hoffmeckler. He does, yeah. He he and Ori would be friends. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they are, like if they've ever talked. But And he also just has – he's just so motivational, has a beautiful perspective about the world. Like he's just so positive and – sees life as an adventure and it's just amazing yeah he sounds great i want to get him on the podcast i'd probably like start crying from the motivation (laughs) (laughs) all right shall we jump into the next question yes so this question comes from amy and the subject is if versus intuitive eating and amy says hi ladies quick question do you think people could lose weight if they followed the intuitive eating principles without fasting it sounds like both of you have identified what foods do and do not work for you. I'm wondering if you just kept eating those foods for the standard three meals a day, if you would continue to lose weight. I know a lot of people who lost weight using intuitive eating without doing fasting. What are your thoughts? Thanks. All right. Short answer to the question of, do you think people could lose weight if they followed intuitive eating principles without fasting? The answer is, of course, yes. I was going to say, let's <laughs> say it together. Yes, Yes, because we know people do that. We know that people have had a lot of success with intuitive eating and did, you know, become free and lost the weight and lived their life and it worked out great for them. And so, of course, that can work for people. And um, I'm going to tell you one of the people it did not work for was Jen Stevens because I I tried it. I tried it really, really, really a lot. (laughs) And My problem personally was I seemed to have lost track of my satiety and hunger signals at some point along the way. And so, you know, I read all the books about intuitive eating. This is is prior to, of course, me losing the weight with intermittent fasting. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, Melanie. See if this sounds familiar. I just don't know. We've talked about so many things. But, you know, that period of time when I got so heavy up to 210 pounds – I was actually doing intuitive eating at that time. Did you know that? No, I don't think so. I kept trying to come back to it because I really wanted a life where I wasn't counting and tracking and dieting and making rules about foods. I didn't want to live like that. And I was also flirting around with intermittent fasting during that period of time too, from 2009 to 2014. I would just briefly try intermittent fasting, then I would briefly try a diet, then I would briefly try intuitive eating. And I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and nothing was working. And so there came a time, and it was right before I really ballooned up, but there came a time when I was like, you know, forget it. I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to do intuitive eating. And if I don't lose the weight, I'll just be heavy. That's just who I am. And I was reading, you know, about health at every size and that, you know, wait, maybe we didn't need to lose the weight and it was just okay. And I should just love myself at the size that I was. And so I really was like, intuitive eating is just going to be it for me. So I read all the books, all of them. And I started asking myself, am I hungry? I'm only going to eat if I'm hungry, and then I'll stop. You know, you're supposed to stop when you're full, even if that's only half of the food. And so I did all the exercises. And um, basically, I learned over that period of time that the question, am I hungry during the day, the answer was always yes for me at that time of my life. I don't know if it would be the same now. But at that time, whenever I asked myself, am I hungry? I I was, and I would eat. And so I was constantly thinking about food. So maybe it's supposed to, for some people, it helps them to not think about food. 
and maybe they're the people that this really works well for. But for me, all it did was drive the, am I hungry? Should I eat? Am I hungry? Should I eat? And it became like all my waking hours were consumed with that. Now, as I said, I am not saying that that's true for everybody because there's so many people that this is like miraculous for. Here's what's cool, though. As you mentioned, Amy, both Melanie and I I seem to be very intuitive eaters now. And that is where the framework of intermittent fasting set me free. During the day, I don't have the constant thoughts about food. Should I eat? Should I eat? Should I not eat? Is it time? I'm just not eating. I'm doing intermittent fasting. Then when my window is open, now I'm reconnected with my hunger and satiety signals within my window. I'm better able to judge yeah, I do still need to eat some more food. I am still hungry. Or, no, I have had enough. And so as Dr. Burt Hearing talks about in the book I've talked about a million times, um, Appetite Correction, it's actually called AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. But he talks about how when you find the right eating window for you, you suddenly become in tune with your hunger and satiety signals. And so I think that the right intermittent fasting window turns you into an turns you into an intuitive eater. And so the right window for me was not all day eating. That did not turn me into an intuitive eater. That made me crazy with food. And so now my eating window of uh, maybe about five hours a day, give or take, it might be two and a half one day, or it might be seven another. But now I, I know if I need to open early because I have a different kind of hunger that day, and I do open early on a day like that. Or if I'm not as hungry, I'll, I'll close it earlier. But it really is me being intuitive with my eating. So I don't, I don't think I would, I would keep that if I went back to eating all day now. And I don't like the way I feel when I do. The days that I've gone on vacation and had a holiday and eaten all day long, I, I do find that I have, you know, overconsuming thoughts of food. So for me, I feel like I am an intuitive eater when I wait later in the day to open my window And um, I hope that everybody can find their own intuitive intermittent fasting window. I think that's the goal. That's kind of what we talk about. What do you think, Melanie? It's so funny. What I wrote down basically is everything you just said, but in three sentences. (laughs) So the first thing I wrote was, yes, people can lose weight (laughs) with intuitive eating. The second thing was, but it's hard to be intuitive. And the third thing was, Intermittent fasting makes you more intuitive. Yeah, I think Which so. I feel was like the three points. <laughs> yeah, but I really, I, I did everything, even including the, the throw away your scale advice and also stop judging food. I did every bit of that. And I didn't weigh myself for a long period of time because I was like, my body is just going to figure it out on its own. And then I got on the scale and weighed 210 pounds. You know, that, that just didn't, didn't click for me until I added intermittent fasting. I will say, though, quick plug, if you are interested in intuitive eating, the book that I always talk about on the podcast for that is The Yoga of Eating by Charles Eisenstein, which I've actually now recorded the audiobook for. That's how much I loved it. And a lot of people have found that really, really helpful if you're just interested in the intuitive eating concept, and especially in a really short read or audiobook, <laughs> if you want to hear me read it to you. Um he has a he's just he has a really wonderful perspective on it and it's very not rules driven if that makes sense like it's it's very philosophical and adds a really nice perspective to things i find and um it's very encouraging and motivating and makes you feel just 
I don't know, safe. I think that's important. And like trusting your body. And you don't even have to, and you can still do intuitive eating with intermittent fasting. So it's still a really wonderful um, concept to explore because like Jen said, that's ideally where we want to get to is intuitive eating in our intermittent fasting pattern. And in a way, I guess for the ultimate goal, I think for me would be intuitive eating not even with an intermittent fasting paradigm, but I think it would naturally manifest as intermittent fasting, if that makes sense. Because I think like for me and theory and spirit, eating wouldn't have any rules or anything. And it would just be the natural, you know, eating eating to satiety, fueling our body and being in that state of being in touch with ourselves and I think for a lot of people that would manifest as an intermittent fasting pattern, but for others it might not. But I mean, that's like a whole philosophical thing. But ideally, I think what works for a lot of people is doing intermittent fasting with the rules around the window, but then eating intuitively within that window and trusting yourself. We hear so many times that people talk about how they used to do intermittent fasting before it even had a name, like when they were in their teenage years, in high school, college, early adulthood, they naturally didn't want to eat when they first got up and they wouldn't eat till early afternoon. And then that was just the way they naturally were. And then they heard breakfast was the most important meal of the day because that's what everybody has told us for for a long time now. And so they would force themselves to eat according to the pattern that we were told was better And that's when they suddenly had a weight problem for the first time in their life. The way that their body naturally was, was deemed to be wrong. And so they tried to fit in with what society said to do. And they suddenly, you know, lost touch with their satiety signals and gained a lot of weight. And so when they find out about intermittent fasting, now that it has a name and now that people are doing it, they're like, oh, they, they are free to go back to what was right for them. And their bodies knew that all along. So they were intuitive, intermittent fasters, if it, as it were, without even knowing it. And then society <laughs> changed. Yeah, it's then. true. You know, if we all were just had been left alone and able to just do what we wanted to do, I wonder how different we would all be. That's so true. Yeah. And, and left alone from our own thoughts about everything, too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like we just, which I guess is the whole practice of mindfulness. Also, one last thing is because I talk about that yoga of eating book so much, a listener actually reached out to me and discussed starting a Facebook group for it. So we actually did start a Facebook group and it's called the Yoga of Eating Mindful Eating Book Club. And so I really encourage listeners, if you want to explore the whole intuitive eating thing more, um, definitely get that book, you know, either the print copy or the audiobook. So listeners, if you'd like to join that group, we're holding a lot of, I'm, I'm, I helped start it, but I'm not really running the group. <laughs> um, but Diana, who started it, she's really starting some focused discussion threads and things like that. And I think we're going to kick it into more gear. Um, in addition to just like informal conversation, I think we're probably going to have like more structured type exercises and conversations surrounding the book. So if that's something that interests you, definitely check that out. I think probably in January is when we'll do more structured type things, but there'll always be just, you know, conversation going on. And if you want to discuss principles in the book and intuitive eating, definitely check that out. Sounds great. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. A few things for listeners before we go. If you go to ifpodcast.com slash episode 88, that's where you'll find, 
I'm just laughing because I realize I didn't, I don't think I said that at all yet this time. You did. You said 88. I don't think I said the show notes. Oh. It would be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 88. And I'm laughing because, Jen, you don't read any of the iTunes reviews. I don't. I do. Although I might stop because <laughs> some, oh, of them yeah. are, some of them are intense. I can't. Um, yeah. And I'm a very admittedly insecure person at times. So that's why I don't read them because they hurt my feelings. So yeah. And it's really interesting though, because you can realize how you come off to people sometimes about certain, about things. And it's just like, that's not me. But apparently, you know, people think that, but one person did make a comment that I say the show notes all the time, (laughs) but I do that because if there are new listeners, right, not everybody starts with, they're not going to know. And a lot of people skip around in an episode. Yeah. And um, they're not going to listen from beginning to end. But if they just, you know, start at a random part, I just want to make sure people always know where they can find more information. So those show notes are ifpodcast.com slash episode 88. And I'll put links there to, we talked about a lot of stuff. So we did the studies and all the things like that. So definitely check out that link. And also to remind listeners, this episode was supported by by Optimizers. And if you want to check out all that digestive support, definitely use the link Ioptimizers.com slash ifpodcast with the code ifpodcast at checkout for 20% off your order. And also, if you go to iTunes, you can, speaking of iTunes, you can, you can subscribe to our podcast and then you'll get the episodes downloaded automatically each and every week. You won't even have to do anything. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. And you can follow us on Twitter. We are the IFpod. And we might be having some fun Instagram-type giveaways coming up soon. So definitely follow us on Instagram for sure. Oh, and then lastly, if you'd like to help make this podcast possible, you can go to patreon.com slash IFpodcast. And that's where you can pledge like a certain amount per month. I mean, it could be like a dollar. (laughs) But we have a lot of different incentives for different tiers um, with some really fun things that you can get with that. So definitely check that out. All right. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. That's it. I will keep y'all in in the loop as to what I figure out to do on my Thursdays now since it's not going to be Pilates or Tai Chi, something on Thursday. Do I, I know what you can do. What? Cold showers oh. and breathing No, techniques. I'm not doing that. No. Yes, yes, yes. That, yes, yes. that would be in addition. This is something I'm going to no, do. No, no. Why? It's a standalone. It's that. that amazing. No, not doing it. <laughs> Cold shower. Five seconds. Can you do five seconds? No, I can't do five seconds. Five seconds? Can you do one second? Can you do one second? I can't. I can't do one second. (laughs) We can do baby steps. We can do one second this week, two seconds next week, three seconds. How about we talk about the cold showers this week, and then next week we can talk about it again, and then event? No. (laughs) I want to get, actually, I've been looking on Amazon. If 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 anybody wants to invent this, there are not many... You know how sometimes you have an idea yeah, and you want a product and you're like, I'm sure this product exists. And then you go to Amazon and you find like there's all these manifestations of it. So I was like, surely I'm going to go and there's going to be like 20 versions and I can pick the one I want the most. There were not really many versions. I want a, t- a timer for the shower. Oh, a timer that you put in the shower and then it tells you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some waterproof ones, but there wasn't really like an affordable... Like, is it so you don't, don't, st- oh, oh, it's so you, um, like you, you want to do five minutes or one minute or whatever. Yes. Like a nice little waterproof, affordable see, timer. I have one of those Apple HomePods in my bathroom and it's voice activated. So I could do it voice activated like that. But would it hear you in the shower? 
Oh, yeah. It does hear me. Mm-hmm. It hears me. The Apple HomePod hears me I could me scream great. at my Alexa, which I call computer. It hears me great. Like, I'd be like, can... computer. Yeah. So I could, I could say, I could do that. I could say, hey, Siri, set a timer for one minute. Oh, she's doing it. She's doing it right now. Okay, your timer is set for one minute. So I see. <laughs> now I'm going to turn that off because I don't really want a timer. <laughs> but yeah, I could do it with my HomePod. I, I want to see the timer though, you know, so I can like watch the seconds. Hey Siri, how much time is left on my timer? I think she would tell you, right? I don't know. I know what you mean. Guys, I just want, if anybody happens to listen and has, um, this is your product that you make and you want to send me one. Just get one of those like old timer those old timey ones that like twist around. I mean, I'm a, you know, I was a teacher. We had these when I first started teaching. They weren't digital. They're just like mechanical. It's like, I remember most of them were like white and you twist it and then it like click, click, click goes down. I just want to see the seconds though, like counting down. You could put, put it in a Ziploc bag. That's true. That's what I would do. I would put it in a Ziploc bag and mount that sucker on there with some kind of a little, you know, on the side of the shower with some kind of a little suction cup in the back of the shower. That's what I would do. So, yes. Well, Merry Christmas Eve, Jen. Same to you and to all of our listeners. Have a very Merry Christmas. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember... The opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.